Welcome to episode 19 of the Canadian's Country podcast. I'm joined by Justin Lape. Kyle Morton couldn't join us this week, but he should be back next week, hopefully. Um, but Justin, how are you doing this Thursday night? I am doing well. Um, fresh off a Canes win, so that's always promising and makes me happy, I guess. My happiness revolves solely around this team. You must be a very sad human being. <laughs> well, I, I you really must am. go through a lot of ups and downs. It's a, it's a lot of mood swings, honestly. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Speaking of mood swings, there was a huge swing between Tuesday night, or I'm sorry, Tuesday afternoon, that matinee in Toronto for the next century game in which they lost 8-1. to one. Uh, Big difference between that and Thursday night. Of course, like Justin said, we are recording this on Thursday night just after the Hurricanes defeated the Nashville Predators 4-1 to one, um, on the road. So they followed up that big loss with a really impressive win. Justin, uh, even going back to the past five games, um, back when that three-game winning streak happened with Vegas, Buffalo, and Columbus. Over the past five games, what has been your your view of this team um, really coming off of the heels of a losing streak that really could have ruined their year? Yeah, well, again, you mentioned mood swings with this team, and that's what you're seeing right in front of your eyes. Um, yeah, they, they take a, a pretty rough stretch of games there. They followed up with a good three-game win streak. Um, beating teams that we, on a lost episode of a podcast, uh, predicted that they would go probably one and two between Vegas, Buffalo, and Columbus. Um, And they ended up turning all three of those to wins and very solid ones at that. Um, Most, uh, you know, the defense, the offense, and goaltending was all clicking and pretty cohesive during that three-game stretch. And then they turned it around to this, terrible terrible matinee loss to toronto an eight to one loss um yeah darling making 28 saves on 36 shots skinner and hannafin looking just pretty pretty bad um and you know the most surprising part was yeah that peters left darling in for the whole game um you know that that normally when you see a, a, a goalie give up four goals or maybe even five, you know, without much offense on the other end, um, just for a confidence booster and just, you know, it's it's a mindset thing because, you know, goalies really do have have to have a different mental mindset when it comes to how they approach their game compared to just a normal skater. Um, you know, they, they have weird things that, you know, help them succeed. And it's just, yeah, it's all about mindset. Um, and, you know, then you see one of the things that I brought up to both you and Kyle was, you know, you see the guys after that eight to one loss in which nothing, absolutely nothing went right. There's no positives you can take away from a game like that. Um, then you see them on, you know, the Kane social media site saying they're at top golf. And they're swinging for the fence. I mean, it, it was almost as if they're prepping for April in a way. Um, and, you know, I was like, why, why are they, you know, why are they at top golf right now? You know, after that kind of loss, I just don't know how you could sit there and, you know, I mean, they're, they're players, you know, they, they have lives outside of it, but it just, it irked me a little bit. And I was just like, they got to bring it against Nashville. And they really did. They really did. They had a very strong first period. Four goals in the first. 
just absolutely fantastic passing. It just everything went well. Everything went well. And then when Nashville started pushing, especially in the second and later in the third, they have the offensive firepower to tie it up. Uh, but Cam Ward stood his ground, um, and they were able to get a good four to one win out of that. And I think, you know, you have players like Skinner and Hannafin that were terrible in that loss to Toronto, and they were fantastic in this game. And again, it's just it's the mood swings, and it's it's putting together a consistent effort from here on out as you move into January that is really going to decide the fate of this team. Yeah, uh, you made a lot of good points there. Um, I'm I'm less. I wouldn't say that you're perturbed about the the situation with them playing golf or whatever. Um, though I do understand how it how it it doesn't look great after after getting handed your worst loss of the year. I look at it more as a as a team bonding thing. Tom Dundon, of course, I believe he's a chairman for Top Golf. Yes, a chairman. Yeah, chairman. he he was on that trip with them uh, from Toronto to Nashville. I'm kind of whatever about it. It's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, really, those that three game win streak that really going back to the Vegas, Buffalo, and Columbus games, um, that was huge. You know, they they needed to string some wins together, and they did it against three teams that, well, at least two of them are very good teams. Vegas has proven to be very, very good, um, and they they were able to defeat them. They went on the road to Buffalo. Uh, they took care of business there, and then they came home and beat a very good Columbus team as well. Really, that was that was their first three-game winning streak of the year, and that was really what they needed. Uh, they need to start stringing wins together. They can't win two, lose two, win one, lose one, etc., like they had been uh, all year to this point. And them winning three in a row was big, and they, I just, I, I don't know how they followed that up with such a clunker in Toronto. I really, I didn't expect that to happen. I expected there to be more fight in them. Darling, of course, was uh, was bad. Uh, he let in a couple of soft goals there early on. And, you know, after his start against Columbus, where he was absolutely phenomenal, his best game as a Hurricane without a shadow of a doubt, he stopped 35 of 36, was the first star, he looked incredible against the Blue Jackets. Uh, he was calm. His rebound control was excellent. The best he's he's displayed so far on this team. Um, and he didn't let in that soft goal that has haunted him all year. And that soft goal um, and multiple goals uh, came back to haunt him in Toronto. So until he can eliminate that from, from his game, uh, he's going to continue to struggle. And... I still believe in him as a starting goalie, and I believe that he is the the answer in net, um, at least for the next few years. But before he can be that, he has to be consistent, and he has to prove that he can he can carry that workload. Now we're thirty five ish games into this season, um, and he it's still early. But that being said, um, he needs to get rid of those. Uh, those really those down games that really sink his team, um, and we're gonna talk about the goaltending in a little bit. And I think Justin and I line up pretty well in the same area um, with regards to that. But moving on to the Nashville game that we just watched, uh, they pounced on Pekka Rene early. They scored on each of their first three shots. 
Um, Noah Hannafin, three points in the first period, one goal, two assists. Both of them were seeing eye um, directly to a stick, deflected in type of assist. And he was, again, phenomenal, uh, as he ha- has been all year outside of that Toronto game and some early struggles in October. Uh, he, he was very, very good. He's up to 19 points in 34 games. He's by far this team's best player right now. And you can see how confident he is on a nightly basis, and it's really, really impressive. Now, going forward, they've, they've won four out of five. They have points in, I be- like, seven of their last ten, I believe. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're turning this a, a rough stretch in November and early December. They're turning it around, uh, even despite the Toronto game. And, and after that Nashville win in which they looked very, very good in that first period, they, they took advantage of their opportunities. And from there on, they kept their foot on the gas pedal and they didn't let up. They played physical. They looked really, really solid against Nashville. And because of that, I'm willing to let that Toronto game slide to an extent. You know, um, that was an embarrassing performance and an embarrassing effort. But if they're able to forget about it, and move on and do what they did in that three-game win streak, um, it's whatever. That's one game. But as we stand now, the Carolina Hurricanes, who... Wait, let me pull it up first. Let me pull it up first. They've played 34 games. Yep. Or 15, 12, and 7 with 37 points. And that leaves them three points out of a playoff spot. But they have to leapfrog. Philly and Pittsburgh um, in order to get that spot. But the Islanders, who are at 40 in the last wild card spot, they have a game in hand, and Pittsburgh has two games in hand. Uh, or we have a game in hand on them. Yeah, yeah. Or Sorry, excuse me. We have one, one game in hand on the Islanders and two games in hand against Pittsburgh. Um, but if you look below the Canes, it's all the Atlantic. So technically... The Canes are at the bottom of the Metro right now, but only three points out of a playoff spot. So it just once again shows you how, you know, this playoff format may not be ideal. It's stupid. I think I think I was just talking about this the other day. And, yeah, I just think it just doesn't fit this league anymore. It doesn't. Um, the division, the Metro division is by far the strongest division in hockey. Um you could say maybe as a whole, the West might be a little bit better. Probably more balanced, yeah. Yeah, exactly. All those teams, you know, maybe despite maybe two from the Atlantic, I'd take Tampa Bay and Toronto because mm-hmm. um, Boston's kind of flip-flop every now and then um, are playoff teams. And I, I, w- I would even be biased enough to say that the Canes could be that number eight or maybe even put them at, maybe put it at nine, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's just going back to the – the eight get in, the best eight get in, would benefit the league a lot. Or even even make it like the top two teams in the division are locks, and then the rest of it's a free-for-all. Free I don't know. I, I think that there's a better way to go about the playoff seeding. Um, but like Justin said, they sit at 15, 12, and 7 um, at the 34-game mark, still less than halfway through the year. Despite how turbulent and inconsistent this season has been, they're still right there. Like, like even Philly, they went on an eight-game losing streak, and now they have won seven of their last ten. So, 
this league is crazy. Hockey's weird, and the Hurricanes are somehow right in the mix here in the wild card race. I don't know, man. This is just weird. Quite honestly, they are very lucky to be where they are right now, given the fact that they didn't put together a three-game win streak until mid-December. So where they are now, they're they're well within striking distance here in the Eastern Conference. I'll take it. Um, but once again, I just I feel like this is just too strong of a division and the way the playoff format is is just i I, i'm just not a fan of it and one of the the things that kind of shocked me so when i when originally when they came out and said they were going to do division realignment they all talked about how it was affecting travel how it was saving these teams time on travel and that may be the case in the metro but then you look at the atlantic and florida and tampa going up to play montreal and toronto consistently I don't know how you vouch for that. I don't know why you make that decision. Why not put the two New York teams in the Atlantic or mm-hmm. something and then, you know, move it. Florida and Atlanta. Excuse me, not Florida and Atlanta. Florida and Tampa Bay. I mean, if you want to bring back Atlanta, too, I'm fine with that. Hey, long live the Thrashers. Long live the Thrashers. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, if, you want to, if you want to move Florida and Tampa Bay into this, you know, and trust me, I, I don't want to have to play Tampa Bay four times a year, but it just makes more sense because that's where it is based on travel. Um, I don't know. But yes, again, the Canes are in the driver's seat. They do control their playoff destiny. Um, and, you know, nobody below them in the Atlantic, I don't see as challenging. It's just leapfrogging those teams in the Metro. Absolutely. Uh... A few weeks ago, it might have been a couple months ago. I'm not good with time anymore, um, nor have I ever been. I don't know why I said anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> Brian LeBlanc, uh, the fine editor of CanesCountry.com, the platform which Justin and I both contribute to and write for, um, he said that at that point they were right about where we expected them to be, just they hadn't gotten there the way that we thought. And really it kind of is that same way right now too they're right on the edge of a playoff spot in late december and they're with where they're within striking distance which i i think would have been a a reasonable thing to expect out of them entering the year it's just they've gotten here in such a wacky weird inconsistent way that kind of changes our outlook on this thing instead of you know being a relatively consistent even hockey team that just is right on the bubble they've shown flashes of damn good hockey that could get them into the top three in the metro and they've also shown hockey that suggests that they are nowhere close so it kind of all just evens out into where they are now um they're right there but the season has continued to be very weird and especially when you consider guys that are and are not showing up and contributing on a consistent basis for Carolina and a player that I know we talk about him every damn episode, but Justin Falk is, is still a liability on the ice for the Carolina hurricanes. We're 35 games in. This is, this is no longer an issue of is, is he on a rough patch? This is an elite player that is, woefully underperforming right now um justin when you watch justin falk play are i i would ask is it at the point of being concerned because we are well beyond that point how do you evaluate justin falk as we sit here in late december 
Well, I think the first word that just comes to mind is confusing. I just don't understand how you can just drop off that quickly. It almost begs the question and ask if uh, he's actually playing hurt. That's something I kind of came up with. But then you look at it, and more more than anything, it's mental. Mm-hmm. I, I'll never forget the, the gif you posted. It was a game against the Islanders, and he just... With his back, with his back turned, mm-hmm. just flings it. Turn does a full one eighty and flings it around. And there's two <laughs> Islanders players streaking yes. in, and somehow Cam Ward made the save on that. Um, but yeah, it's just mental. He makes these bad jumps when he thinks he, you know, he may have a player beat, and then next thing you know, it's going the other way. Um, his shot selection has not been great. He's bombing these shots right into closed lanes, and he's just not facilitating the puck the way we know he normally does. Um, So, yeah, if anything, it's just something mental that's been bothering him. Um, But if we can get the real Justin Falk back, it makes leapfrogging those teams above them a little bit easier. Really, this team is playing without a top-four defenseman right now because Slavin and Pesci haven't been the top-tier uh, top pairing guys that they were the past year and a half so far this year. Um, I'm not worried about them at all because they're still playing very well. And of course, Noah Hannafin's playing at a completely new level and is quickly becoming a star. That That's what he is. He's playing absolutely out of his mind. But Falk isn't playing like a top four defenseman even. And he had been the guy on the blue line for a while. I'm still wondering what caused this because you're right Justin it looks like a mental thing uh, it doesn't look like he's hobbling around with an injury or he's trying to avoid hits or something like that as a matter of fact he's probably been more physical this year than he has in years past but he makes some really odd decisions out there that cost his team and it's really weird to see that out of a defenseman who is a multiple time all-star fresh off of a 17 goal year last year 16 the year before 15 the year before that and all those years 35 plus points reaching 49 in 2014-15 and he's 25 uh this isn't a guy who is on the older half of his career he's 25 years old he shouldn't be showing these signs of regression and by no means do i think that this is the downfall of justin falk or anything i think that he will eventually get it back because he's too good And all of this is clearly mental. And as I was starting on just a second ago, I'm wondering why those mental issues are there. Um, He was named a co-captain with with, uh, Jordan Stahl. So clearly the organization trusts him. Whether or not Falk can handle that, being given that leadership role, is questionable. Um, I know the News and Observer, I believe Chip Alexander, wrote a piece about Justin Falk being named, or Justin Falk's struggles as a whole. And Falk said that, he doesn't do anything differently now that he's a co-captain as compared to being an alternate in years past. So I, I don't know if that's the issue. Uh, clearly something is in Justin Falk's head. And if it wasn't for the emergence of Noah Hannafin this year, I think that they'd be really hurting from his lack of production. But Hannafin's really stepped into a bigger role, and he's been absolutely phenomenal since really the start of November. So um some really interesting stuff from Falk, and I, I, I don't really see much of any reason to think this is going to come to an end soon. But speaking of Justin Falk and him being a multiple-time All-Star, uh, the All-Star voting system is pretty odd. And 
I think it's tough to predict who's going to be the all-star from the Hurricanes. Uh, I think that the very clear answer to that question should be Noah Hannafin. But the system that the NHL uh, implements for all-star voting is interesting, Justin. Uh, and I know you feel somewhat passionately about about this, so I'm going to let you take the floor here. I do. I just think that the NHL has a golden opportunity to market their stars. They they really do, and they've got some great, good stars with great personalities too. Not everybody is cut and dry. Um, I think P.K. Subban is somebody who should be at the front of basically every advertisement you put out. Um, he is the heart. He is one of the heart and soul pieces of the NHL. I also think that when you look at the All Star voting, they don't allow fans to speak their mind. Now they kind of mixed it up a little bit. Um, they used to do hashtags to help vote for All Star. I think it's been about the past three years they've done where they kind of come up with nominees and then you go on NHL.com and you vote. Right now, the two nominees for the Canes are Justin Falk and Jeff Skinner. Now, I think if you have to choose between two of those players, the obvious and clear answer is Jeff Skinner. Justin Falk. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, the obvious. I said obvious. I said obvious and clear. I said obvious and clear. clear. Yeah, no, no, no more mistakes there. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's pretty clear that a player like Skinner or even – who you mentioned, Noah Hannafin, deserves it. But for some reason, the NHL really wants to market Justin Falk. And it seems that he is our quote-unquote star. Um, he is our all-star. You know, he's been there a few times before, and there's been times where he's deserved it. But it's not this season. It's not this season. He, If they went back and watched the tape, it's not pretty. Um, his stats aren't there especially offensively, which he's more than known for. Um, you know, so it. I, I'm just not a fan of the voting. I think if you at least allow him to do hashtags, you could go really far with that. You can get gauge more interest. Um, instead of sending player, you know, fans to vote for their favorite player through a link, I'm just not a fan of On NHL.com. On NHL.com, which is a site that, yeah, a site that, it doesn't have an identity. It doesn't have an identity. It's, it's absolute shit. I will. I will say. <laughs> <laughs> NHL.com with the, its lack of an identity wants to make Justin Falk the identity of the Carolina Hurricanes, and he's not. There's a lot of things to be excited about this team, and there's definitely other players on the team this year that deserve it more than Justin Falk. Well, I can't argue with that. I think you're spot on with all of that. They are a piece of work, that NHL. Oh, yeah. What, what are they doing? Definitely a piece of work. Um, moving back to a topic that I wanted to, to talk about here with you, Scott Darling was brought in to, to be the answer. And, of course, there was a learning curve to be, to be had. And he's, he's had one. I think it's been more dramatic than I think a lot of people expected, including myself. And we're at an odd point right now. Scott Darling had a phenomenal game against Columbus, like I said. And he stunk against Toronto. Granted, his team was bad too. Cam Ward, on the other hand, right now is 6-0-1 in his last seven appearances. And this team is playing better in front of him than they are in front of Scott Darling. So, Justin, what, what, what to do about this goaltending situation? 
Well, you know, one of the stats that appeared um, at the end of the Nashville game on Fox Sports Carolinas, they had a graphic that said Cam Ward is 6-0-1 since November 10th. So a month in about 11 days after the recording of this podcast. Um, so, you know, that's a pretty impressive stretch for your backup. Um, when your starter takes a stinker like the 8-1 loss, I I think Bill Peters did the right thing with going with Cam in Nashville. Yes, Nashville is a severely good team. You know, they are outstanding, one of the elite teams in the National Hockey League. Um, so when you, you tell Darling and kind of get him to take a breather, um, you know, it, it might do wonders to him, um, especially after that loss, and, and especially with Peters leaving him in for the whole game. It wasn't just yeah. a five goals given up. He left him in for eight goals. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Wad, the left Montreal after giving up 10. So I'm surprised Scott Darling didn't tell Bill Pierce that he's done and just walk into the locker room. Yeah. Again, Darling is a great professional, seems like a great guy. And, you know, I think I still believe he obviously is the future for the team. Um, now, you know, of course, you got some prospects in the wing, but Darling isn't the, the guy for the next four years. And I still believe Jeremy that. Jeremy Smith. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Smith. <laughs> Definitely Jeremy Smith. Um, he is the guy for the next four years, and I believe that. Um, but as of right now, of the current time and the, the, the amount of wins the Canes need, I think you keep rolling with the hot hand at Ward. I mean, he's been good when he's in. Um, the team plays well in front of him, um, and you have a game coming up on the 23rd that is um, against a team that has been very, very bad. And as you mentioned, it's been a weird year because we thought Buffalo was going to take a step ahead um, and not three steps back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they made some good trades and brought in Marco Scandella. It just seemed like they were going to have a good year and Eichel was going to make even further strides in his development. And it's not that he's been bad, but it's just not where uh, we thought they were going to be. Um, so I think you play Ward in that game and you keep it going um, and let Darling kind of find his way back into the lineup. You know, I don't think that 8-1 loss was totally on him, but it was just that Everything went wrong for him. I think that they can find the issue internally. I don't think there's a need to go out there and look for another goaltender. Um, It's just a matter of the team in front of them playing a consistent effort on a consistent basis. Um, That's kind of holding the team back. There's There's a distinct difference, in my opinion, with how this team plays in front of Cam Ward as opposed to Scott Darling. Now, let's go back and look at some of Cam Ward's starts this month. He started against the Florida Panthers on December 2nd, and that was a huge must-win game, and Cam Ward was phenomenal. He, they won 3-2. to two. He was very, very good. Then they go on this road trip, and Scott Darling gets the call in Vancouver. They lose 3 nothing. Now, that's not Scott Darling's fault that they didn't score a goal. That's, that's the team's fault. They can't, couldn't score a goal. Two nights later, it's a 5-4 overtime loss, and in that game, they were up 4-1. to one. And now you can blame Cam Ward for the comeback, but if you watch that game, you could tell that that was not Cam Ward's fault. He 
was absolutely let down by the team in front of him. They stopped trying. So that's that is what it is. Move on to LA. A three two loss in LA. Darling was in the net for that game. He was fine. Not amazing. They the Hurricanes didn't score for the first fifty some minutes of the game and then they scored twice and lost in overtime. Okay, that's that is what it is. Then in they went back to Darling against Anaheim a few nights later. Three two loss. Uh, whatever. Would would like to see Darling maybe steal one of these games that he's in, but okay. The night next night they go to Vegas. Cam Ward, awesome, gets his three hundredth career win in Vegas. Good stuff. Who started against Buffalo? Was that Cam Ward? Yep. yep. I think so. Okay. Yep, that's right, because he was off his three hundredth win. They gave him another start. They won again. The Hurricanes scored five goals on Buffalo. Um the next night, that Columbus game that I was talking about earlier. Absolutely excellent game from Scott Darling, a 2-1 win. So you have to start him in Toronto, and you do. And he has a not very good game uh, to to be generous. Uh, neither did the team in front of him. And I think that's a trend. The team is playing better with Cam Ward in net. They're scoring more goals. They're playing better defense. Um, and Cam Ward is making big saves. As, as much as I and so many other people have hammered Cam Ward over the years, including the last year and this year at times, he's been better for the better part of a month and a half. Um, and he played great against Nashville on Thursday. So you absolutely, as much as I agree that Scott Darling is the answer moving forward, you have to go with Cam Ward. Right now, not only is he the better goalie, this team is playing much, much better in front of him. These games that he's playing in, they're playing like a playoff team. That's that's how they're playing with Cam Ward in net outside of the second half of the San Jose game. So even if Cam Ward is letting in three or four goals on a given night, they're winning anyway. So even if he's not playing particularly well, you have to keep going if they're winning. And at this point of the season, you have to get as many wins as you can. This is huge. This is a big part of the year. And if they're winning with Cam Ward in the crease, you have to keep going with that. You can't break that up. So I have no doubt in my mind that on Saturday, they'll go with Cam Ward. And I think that Saturday is a huge game um, because you play that Buffalo game and then you get three days off. So are you going to be sitting with those three games off in a positive state of mind after a win or after a loss to one of the worst teams in hockey? Um and really, beyond that, I guess we'll transition a little bit here to the remainder of December of the schedule. They have that game against Buffalo on Saturday, then a game against Montreal on Wednesday, and then games against Pittsburgh and St. Louis to round out the month on Friday and Saturday. That is a pretty huge four-game set, and Montreal started horribly, but they've bounced back, so that's far from an easy win. And then Pittsburgh and St. Louis on back-to-back nights. That's that's tough. Justin, these final four games, what are your expectations? Well, I'll give you my expectations, but I just I was thinking about it when you were talking about your point, and I was just thinking this podcast is literally in the upside down now. Um, because at the beginning of the year, yep. the beginning of the year, we were all asking for more Scott Darling starts. And we, they, he, Peters put in Ward once, and we freaked out. 
And then we were also worried about him consistently playing Darling as a starter. And now we're like, well, this is an important stretch. We need Cam well, Ward. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think there's ever a point where we were saying that Scott Darling wasn't playing enough because quite honestly, this whole year, um, I've been really impressed by how much trust they've put in Scott Darling. Uh, they've had a lot of opportunities early on to say, nope, we're going to start going back to what we're familiar with in Cam Ward. And they haven't, to their to their credit. Um, just based on how they're playing these first few months, I mean, things can change. And I think Cam Ward's been the better goalie, uh, all things considered, through these first couple of months. Now, that's not to say that Again, I want to make this very clear, and I think, Justin, you're with me on this. We're not saying that Cam Ward is the answer here. We're saying that Cam Ward's play over the past month or so has been better than Scott Darling, at least in terms of consistency. Um, And I I think that you have to ride the hot hands, and I think that goes really regardless of the position or who the players are, if one player is performing better than the other, then you have to give them the lion's share of, of the appearances. I think that's what both Justin and I are trying to trying to say. Oh yeah, without a doubt. But um, the four game stretch coming up um, to round out the month of December and, you know, 2017 um, is very important. And I think you definitely want to start that on the right foot against Buffalo um, you know, heading into the Christmas break. And again, that mindset, as you said, being on, on a positive high as you come into that holiday break. Um, but then coming out of it, it, it's no joke. And I think, you know, that game against Pittsburgh is definitely important, uh, especially a team that has two games over you, you know, 36 games played and Canes have 34. Um, you know, that's a very important one and that you know a win there would draw you within one point of a pl- of a playoff spot right now if if you play that game today, um, so it's it's very important that this stretch of games is um, managed well by coaching staff, you know putting Cam in at the right times and then you know turning to Darling and saying you know what shake off that eight to one loss you got this you know maybe even putting him in against a game against Pittsburgh. Just showing him you you have the confidence in him to move forward um, from such a big loss like that. You know, it wasn't a season-breaking loss. It's in December. You know, um, you know as much time as there is left, you can shake that off um, and, you know, just keep moving forward. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, coming out of that four-game stretch, three and one is, is, a, is a win situation for them. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> If they can get three wins in these next four, I, I think that Buffalo, you got to beat Buffalo. You got to beat them at home. Uh, you've beat them twice on the road. Do it at home. They're bad. Okay, they're they're bad. So beat Buffalo. You get three days off, which is great. I mean, they've, they've had a lot of games lately. They get a three-day break uh, staying at home. And then you play Montreal, who has underperformed so far this year, though they are playing better. Uh, if you can beat Montreal, that's huge. You're... If you beat Montreal and Buffalo, you're on another three-game winning streak, and you've won six of your last seven. Um, so that would be massive. That'd be huge. I think if they can then, <laughs> I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but that Pittsburgh game is also really, really important. Um, Pittsburgh hasn't been the dominant team this year. They really haven't. 
big stretch. Um, if they can finish the month on a on a high note and finish the year on a high note, um, that puts them in a really good spot because in in the 2018 part of the season, they're going to have a lot more home games. And not only that, they're going to be playing a lot of games against Metropolitan teams. Those are big games. Uh, those are must-win games. Their Their performance against these Metropolitan Division teams in the second half are going to be huge because outside of two games against New York, two games against the other New York, and then four games against Columbus, they haven't played any Metropolitan Division teams. If they can finish above 500 in the division, I think that puts them in a really, really good spot, which leads into our final Hurricanes topic here. Justin, it is, well, it's now December 22nd, uh, Friday, because it's currently about 12.37 in the morning. But... um, (laughs) The things we do for our listeners. For the listeners, for yeah. The listeners. By once again, please, listeners, if you enjoy this podcast, please rate us on iTunes and write a comment. It could be telling us how bad we are or how bad our takes are, but we would love to hear your feedback. Just one big thing. We will read out every review on this on this podcast, um, regardless of what it is, except for if it's bad, and then we won't read it. But, <laughs> but yeah, so... My question for you, Kyle. <laughs> You're not Kyle. My question You're not for Kyle. you, Kyle. Uh, no, keep that in. Keep that in. Uh, My question for you, Kyle, and you'll answer it in our next podcast, is... <laughs> get back to us, Kyle. I know you're listening. Um, just let us know. Um, anyway, damn it. Um, <laughs> Justin, I believe that's who you are. As of right now, as of December 22nd, 2017... Give me a percentage chance of the Carolina Hurricanes playing in the postseason this season. I will go with, you know what, 53%. Okay. And why? Because I think, and I'm not saying that he's under, he's, you know, underperformed. I think it really relies on Jeff Skinner and, you know, getting back to that sixth, you know, he was sixth place in the league in goals last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if he puts up the big numbers, this team can go anywhere. Um, but if he's, you know, held back by his line mates, you know, looking at you, Derek Ryan, occasionally. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, thanks for the goal, Derek Ryan. But still, um, <laughs> I, I really think that, yeah, it's just it, it matter. I think Jeff Skinner taking an extra step would be nice. You know, not that again, not that he's underperformed at all. Uh, but I think it kind of relies on them. And again, it's just consistency that's just the number one thing holding them back they have i think they have the talent to do it i think they have the goaltending now i think that you know i think that the defense has taken a step forward except for falk i think even klaus dalbeck has had a better i agree and i think that's something we haven't talked about enough um is yeah klaus dalbeck's even taken a step forward mm-hmm. i think tbr has been good when needed, um, a little feist sometimes too. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of nice. Um, so yeah, I, I think once again, as we've always said, it's in their hands. Um, that percentage may go down or up based on how they play, you know, over this last stretch of December and, you know, headed into January where that's when you really have to make sure you start stringing together some wins. Um, I'm going to pull up a tweet here. A few weeks ago, I tweeted out a poll. I gave an over under um, for the Hurricanes making the playoffs. This was on December 6th. I said, in your opinion, what are the 
Hurricanes' chances of making the playoffs this season. At this point, they were 11-10-5 through 26 games. So they've played, what, nine more games since then? They were 11th place in the East, and they were five points out of eighth. So 70 out of the 100 said under 40% chance. 30 said over 40. And I think it's really interesting how like the mood changes so often with this team. Mm-hmm. As I think a lot more people would say over 40 now. Because, of course, they've, they've been winning games, so of course they would. But I'm not quite there yet. If they win three of the next four games to end the month, I'll join you at 53%. I'll join you there. Now, our favorite national pastime and our favorite way to close out a podcast, Justin, Gucci Mane, East Atlanta. <laughs> His Twitter account. His Twitter account versus Josh Hosang. We did this on one episode. We also did it on a ghost a episode that did wait, not. Wait, wait. Before, before, we, before we move on to this, I would like to apologize for the inconsistency as of late with regards to posting this podcast. We've actually recorded, I believe, two podcasts since the last yeah, time. Yeah, two podcasts that have, that have had some type of Let me... connectivity issues. And that, that ultimately falls on me because I do edit these things. So whenever you have a problem with sound levels or whatever, that's my fault. I suck. I'm sorry. And the hosting service that we use for this podcast, a.k.a. Podbean, is um, less than good. So we lost one podcast because of that. Um, actually, we lost two podcasts because of that. Um, yeah. So thank you, Podbean. Um, anyway. Justin, Gucci Mane of East Atlanta versus Joshua Hosang, a noted disrespecter of Mario Lemieux. <laughs> noted disrespecter of Mario Lemieux. All right, so I'm going to start with a, a pretty tough one. It could go either way. All right, so the tweet is, woke up today, I have clothes to wear, have running water, I have food to eat, life is good, I'm truly blessed. Who is that, Josh Hosang or Gucci Mane? That's good. I, I could see that going either way as well. Um, that feels like a Josh Hosang tweet. I'm going to go with Hosang. Wow. One for one. Wow. That's the best start I've ever gotten off to. That is probably, yeah, really. This one is definitely could go either way as well. And it is. Success is the sweetest revenge. Ooh. See, there's, some, there's a couple of things to take into mind here. I think... Because Gucci Mane had a little bit of legal trouble lately. Um, yes, I think that's fair to say. And he, he is no longer in said legal trouble, really. Um, I could see him tweeting this recently after his um, stint in the penitentiary. Uh, I'm going to go with Gucci Mane. Two for two. Let's go. This is good. All right, you got two more two more tweets coming your way. Okay, here we go. Congratulate yourself and step it up. Man. These are so tough because they, all of these, literally every one of these. Yeah, either way, it's believable because they always have like some type of inspirational thought or just something like kind of confident or something. So either one could go this way. Like Hallmark card. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Something, to, something to motivate you. All right. Um, repeat it. Uh, oh gosh, I, I just lost it. Hold on. Okay. Uh, We're gonna have to. Oh no! Congratulate yourself and step it up. I really want to go four for four here. 
My best is two for four. So this is the toughest one yet, honestly. Congratulate yourself and step it up. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna go with Gucci Mane. Three for three. Oh yes. Three for three. All right. This is my all-time best. Okay, here we go. The next one, and I think this one will be easy. Stay getting money every day, no break. Okay. If if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'm never doing this podcast again. If I'm okay. wrong. Okay. That's Gucci Mane. It is Gucci yes. Mane. You are four for four. Four for four. On the yes. second edition of yes. Gucci versus Hosang. Yes. It is going to be a very popular, very popular segment of our podcast. Yes. Um so yeah, we, we like to keep things light, so we'll end on two lighter notes, I guess. Um, one is the Canes always have a promo with Papa John's, and now the CEO oh, no. of Papa John's is stepping oh, down. No. Good old Papa is pop, st- uh, you know, stopping. So my question to you, do the Canes end their Papa John's promo? I think, of, of course, I'm, I'm putting all political views to the side here. I, I'm not making a political statement on this podcast. No political jabs will be found here. Yes, we like to keep it. We like to be an escape from yes. all um, the craziness in the world right now. I don't know. I like I, when I think of Papa John's. I think of of Big Papa himself, John, and I think of Peyton Manning as well. But I don't know. I think I think you have to keep the promo. You, you have to. But I think it's it feels void now because big papa is no longer in the house um i think the future of papa john's is really up in the air because without papa are they still going to have the better ingredients and And is he still going to be in their commercials yeah and if they don't have the better ingredients how are they going to be the better pizza papa john's (laughs) and how are they going to be papa john's exactly so many questions. So my last question of the uh, podcast for you is during the recording of this podcast, big old Jumbo Joe scored a goal Jumbo and now Joe. sits 18th overall on the wow. NHL's all-time point list. Is he a first ballot Hall of Famer to you? Yes. Yeah, I think so. So he gets in the first year he could possibly get in. He absolutely yes. needs to win a Stanley Cup. He'll get in regardless. But he's not going to win it. Yeah, he's not yeah, going to win think it. So either. He should have came to Carolina. He has loyalty to the Sharks. I know he likes San Jose. Um, but, yeah, I just – I don't know. I don't see it. Yeah, it would have been nice. To, I would have loved to sign him for a one-year deal. Oh, yeah. It would have looked weird. It would have oh, looked weird. Yeah. Oh, it would have yeah. took some getting used to. But he's still a consistent producer this late in his career. This has been episode 19 of the Canes Country Podcast. We're going to hit 20 pretty soon. That's a big number. That's a big number. Next thing you know, we're going to hit 100, and by that point, we'll have a sponsor. Everything will be beautiful. We'll have one sponsor. Yeah, so we hope that you guys have a great, happy holidays, no matter what you celebrate. Um, Yes. All the best from us at Canes Country. Um, We... Kyle is sad that he missed this one, but he will be back with us for the next recording of our podcast, which will probably be the last week of December, maybe the first week of January, depending on how the holidays go. Um, So, yeah, stay on the lookout for that. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at LankyLape. I cover the checkers partially now for the uh, wonderful Canes country. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, because I, I know... He's a big man in the Big Apple now. I am I am in the Big Apple. I don't know about being a big man. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'm still trying to consistently do work for them. And I'm excited to stay with Kane's Country. It has been the best experience writing online, for sure. I've had some I've had some bad ones, and maybe we'll save that for another podcast. Um, but we're gonna have to ask some permission from our editor to speak about those <laughs> those we're experiences. Gonna need, we're gonna need some clearance on that one. <laughs> we're gonna yeah, you know, FCC is just Brian. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, and you can follow Brett where? Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter, and you can do so by. Uh, Twitter handle at Brett Finger, B-R-E-T-T-F-I-N-G-E-R. And of course, you can follow our good friend Kyle Morton on Twitter at K underscore Morton 9. Yes, and uh, Kyle also owns a steakhouse in New York City and you may want to visit it. Yes, salt, salt, salt mines. Yes, he mines the salt himself. It's incredible work that he does. Exactly, he is he is a hard worker. Mm -hmm. We love him to death. But thank you for listening to episode nineteen, and we will see you guys next week. See you guys. I think that went well. I do too.